from the city of 100 Hellos, Brooks, Alberta, Canada. This is the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kassim. Hi, I'm Barry Morshida, Mayor of the City of Brooks. We need your help. COVID-19 has hit us hard. We need to take a stand to fight this virus together and keep everyone safe. We ask you to take the advice of experts, wash your hands, keep your distance, wear a mask, and follow all the rules. Stay home if you can. We all look forward to returning to some normalcy. The sooner, the better. Let's get through this together and do the right thing. Welcome to uh, Global Village Podcast. This is Ahmed Kassim, your host of the program. We have a great guest today, Carol Gill from uh, SPEC. She is the links manager of SPEC. Welcome to the program. Hi, Ahmed. I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Okay. Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, um, as you said, my name is Carol Gill. Mm -hmm. I am from Peru. I moved to Canada 10 years ago, and uh, I actually came to this uh, small town, Brooks, that I really loved Mm -hmm. uh, because I have a sister living here, so that was basically the reason why I came directly to Brooks. Um, I came to Brooks as um, um, applying as a skilled worker, uh, back in Peru, my job was basically um, 20 years working with a private health clinic, um, and I was very happy to be there. Then um, we made, as a family, a decision to move to Canada, mm-hmm. and so I applied as a skilled worker, as I mentioned before, and after all the process uh, that took about six months, then uh, we were approved to come to Canada. And here we are, 10 years later, I am the LINKS program manager uh, with SPEC Association, and I'm very happy to be here. Wow, that's very nice, and we are very happy to have you. Uh, What can you tell us about the interesting thing about Peru that people would like to hear or you'd like to share with our audience about Peru? Well, I guess um, it is important to know where we are located. So Peru is located in South America, and um, our boundaries in Peru, uh, we have in the north part, Ecuador and Colombia, and then to the east, we have Brazil, to the south, we have uh, Bolivia and Chile, and to the west, we have the Pacific Ocean. So it is actually a place that is very close to Ecuador. So um, I live in a sm- I used to live in a small city called Pura that is very close to Ecuador. So the weather there is always like uh, maybe 37, 38 degrees. So it's very hot. And and then we have the opportunity to go to the beach that uh, is there for us all the time. So our uh, country is divided in three different regions. So we have the coast, we have the highland because of the Andes mountains, and then we have the jungle. Mm-hmm. So I live in the coast. And I, I will tell you more a little bit about our city. And uh, and we really have a lot of opportunities to be, you know, in the beach and to have fun because it looks like the whole year is summertime. Like our lowest temperature in Pura is uh, 14 degrees and then people is freezing. So uh-huh. I laugh when I'm here and I'm like, okay, it's minus 10. Yeah. And uh, we have to get used to that weather here. Um, we're happy with that. But in our country, I guess uh, we're very proud of our cuisine. Like uh, we have a lot of different recipes that people, when they go to Peru, they they try, you know, the um, ceviche. 
and ceviches basically uh, marinate fish with lime mm -hmm. and a lot of different uh, people going to Peru they always want to try it and most of them really love them and uh, another thing that we're very um, you know very fortunate to have um, agriculture in our city we have also gas and some mines there and uh, and I'm very happy here when sometimes I see some grapes coming from Peru yeah. or oranges coming from Peru you know it's very very nice to see that happening and, uh, and we're also proud to have our Machu Picchu because that's what everybody knows. When somebody says Peru, they actually focus on Machu Picchu. And I think that that is a place where a lot of people, you know, the hikers, they used to go there and uh, they really have a good time because that's a beautiful place. And, uh, and I get that there are so many things to share, but just having that opportunity for the, our audience to hear about that is very nice so thank you for for the question wow so uh people should be uh, thinking going to peru for vacation oh for sure oh well anyone who th who wants to go then i guess uh if you need more information you can always get hold of uh, our friend carol and she'll be able to give you the right uh, people if you plan to go to peru what can you tell us about your experience coming to to uh, Brooks in terms of the weather and the community when you first came? Um, I think that um, I arrived to a very welcoming com um, community. And uh, since day one, yeah. you know, I just uh, kind of uh, reached out to places that I feel that will be a good um, connection in order to be, um, you know, learning more about the community. So. Um, I'm Catholic, so the first place I came here was our parish. Yeah. And, and so that's the reason why I say that you just reach out to the places where you know you're going to be extending, you know, your, um, your connections. Yeah. And then uh, the day after, of course, um, I have my sister coming along and telling me that, uh, okay, you need to get some paperwork done. So uh, we went to Service Canada, and that's how we start with our, you know, social insurance number. And then uh, she said, well, you need to open an account here, and then you need to set up for different services or utilities. So she was the one that actually was guiding me mm -hmm. to kind of settle here from yeah. day one. And uh, she actually helped me uh, finding a place. So we have a place to come with, to arrive with all my family when we came here. Yeah. And, uh, and it was very nice and very smooth because um, very soon my husband found a job at GBS. And then I applied to work here in Brooks and I applied to Spec Association and I was hired right away. So since that, yeah. I'm working here. So I think that it had been really um, a good thing for us to come here. My kids were 16, 14 and 12 when we arrived. So um, we, we, sh we chose to go to the Catholic school, would register them. them. Yeah. So everything was very close. So. I had the opportunity for one month and a half to be, um, you know, just around. So I was not working. I gave them a right to school. I gave my husband a right to work. Yeah. So that actually um, helped me a lot to, to know more the community. Mm -hmm. And then I think that it was hard at the beginning with the weather, only because when we arrived, it was the month of March. Yeah. And, uh, and we thought that all the snow was gone and we were good to go. 
and suddenly two days later we wake up and then all this snow was outside the house and we're like what's this yeah. and we have to shovel you know and, and we didn't know that we have to do a lot of things right yeah so that was kind of a learning experience then i was driving my husband to work and suddenly i was stuck i didn't know what to do <laughs> the eyes on the snow then somebody that's what i'm saying that this is such a welcoming committee uh community sorry and then we have you know, somebody just stopping by and saying, what's going on? And I say, well, you know, I'm stuck. And they say, okay, let me do it for you. So you have somebody who helped you right away yeah. and somebody who knows that, I mean, who knew at that point that I, I was just stuck and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so I was very happy and I really appreciate the fact that everyone was always, you know, uh, able to help in any capacity just when we move here. And then we have somebody bringing some little cake, you know, as a welcoming yeah. for us. And so, so many things that I, I can really appreciate. And I think that from that day on, there was always, there was always somebody who just make my family and myself to feel welcome here in Brooks. That is, that's fantastic. And I think um, uh, after that, also you extended the same thing to the newcomers. So that is the good thing about, tell us about the SPEC links and their positive contribution and the programs. So um, I'm very proud of being the links Newcomer Service Program Manager because I'm proud of the team that I'm working with. Yeah. So we are now um, 17 team members with me, we're 18. Um, wow. And we're working, you know, in all, in like in three different components. So we have one of the components is the hippie program, so home instruction for parents of preschool youngsters. Mm -hmm. So here we have uh, our hippie coordinator, who is Nina Gomez, and four of the home visitors. And then this year they are helping 32 families. So they do the home visitation. They do bring all these uh, hippie curricula to the families, and they help them. They help them to integrate to get away from isolation, to ensure that they can have that healthy relationship with the little ones. Because this program targets uh, three, four, and five-year-olds. And so this creates that connection between the mom and the child who have to work together after the home visitor role plays with the mom. Yeah. And mom have to be in charge of delivering the same curricula to the child. So that gives really that, um, you know, mom-child time yeah. that where they, they learn about it. So they play and they learn by playing. Mm -hmm. And then um, there is a great opportunity just to reinforce to the parents that the parent is the first educator of the child. So I think there is a great program. And as I said, they were doing home visitation, but because of COVID, now they are working online. So there is a virtual environment that is used in order to kind of deliver the curricula to the families. Mm -hmm. So that's the first component. So we're very happy and we're always waiting for those families who arrive to Canada and have little ones, three, four, and five-year-olds yeah. just to reach out to us and then sign up for the kids, maybe to be in the wait list for the next year. This program runs for 30 weeks and it actually goes with the school year. So we start the program in September and then we wrap up with the graduation in June. So that's one of the first component. Then our second component is the Swiss team, so settlement working in a school. So now we have 18 members, and we're very happy to have team members uh, with Grassland School and with the Catholic School. 
So five team members in one school and three in the other one. And the good thing is that um, they have such um, an amazing relationship with the teachers and they work together and they're collaborating in a way of, you know, being there always available to support the students and the families of refugees, immigrants, families, yeah. that they certainly come here with a lot of barriers and they are always looking for somebody who is there one hand away yeah. just to be able to support them. So what the team members are doing with the school is just, um, I, can, I cannot tell you enough what the role is at the school because they, they are so much working together with the teachers and you know with the um, staff at the school and in a way that they are always looking to get uh, to support the students for their well-being, right? So they are just looking any opportunity where they can be um, supporting them, especially nowadays when you, we have so many families, as you mentioned at one time, the city of the hundred hellos, and here there is so many languages spoken and our team members, I'm, I'm very proud to say that they all speak so many different languages that I think we're sitting at 19 different languages at the spec right now. So we are able to provide that support in their own language. And I guess that, as you know, our community has the highest, I will say, barrier. And the first one is the language and the communication. So we are ensuring that at least with the team members, we're making that possible for everyone who speaks a different language to certainly understand everything that they have to deal with in a daily basis. But in this case, I was talking to you about the team members who are at the school. So they have a specific group of, you know, a client that they actually work with. And then we have our third component that it is our newcomer family liaison worker. And they, at this point, were working with um, families and women, and we're just trying to offer different programming. And uh, so at this point, unfortunately, we don't have groups. Yeah. Uh, we reduce them to only four to five uh, before the restrictions. And, and before that, we always had like uh, 15, 16, 20 participants because they always love to be part of the SPEC team, yeah. just the clients. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess that uh, we are just looking forward at this point uh, to have you know, the opportunity to go back into the groups and to offer to them the opportunity to participate in life skills or to participate in you know, civic engagement or to participate with um, any other program that will actually benefit them, help them with the language skill or English skills and at the same time, help them with integration. Mm -hmm. And that's the other piece that actually entails to all the different team members, that every time we look for the opportunity to help those clients who are looking for opportunity to integrate them in our community. So that's the beauty of our program, that there are always opportunity to, to reach out to them and then to ensure that they, they have that opportunity again to integrate in the community because we collaborate with different organizations. And so that makes this beautiful thing that once, when we need to be, let's say, working together with Global Village or working together with the schools or working together with Alberta Support or with uh, BCIS or with the Francophone Association or with Vical, we are there. We are yeah. there to work together. Yeah, no, I think, and uh, I can, uh, 
the uh, living testimony. You have a very wonderful team uh, that does the job well. Okay. Um, how has the COVID-19 affected uh, the work? Uh, well, actually, as I mentioned before, you know, we are so restricted yeah. to run some of the programming, even at the school, because at the school they also have program for the kids. Yeah. But given the conditions, like we, we basically were not able to run yeah. the program as uh, we would like to. We try sometimes mm -hmm. and we run a few programming, but not as we would like to. And the other thing is that because of the language barrier, yeah. it makes it harder for us to help, you know, client over the phone or, or in Zoom. a virtual environment because most of them, they are not really connected. I mean, they don't really understand how we can work, you know, in different capacities virtually. Yeah. Like they want the one-on-one, -on -one, they want the in-person services. So for us, it has been really hard. Yeah. And we're all hoping that this goes back to normal in a way shortly mm -hmm. and then we will we will be able to continue working in um, in person with all our clients well be positive and that day will come soon uh, have you ha any advice to our community as to how best to prevent COVID-19 spread in the community so I guess that uh, is very important first uh, to keep that education in place so we need to go to reliable sources mm -hmm. like I think Alberta Health Services definitely top in our community the city of Brooks top so those are places where we have to be uh, you know listening to in order to know what we need to do if we want to prevent we have to lead by example yeah. so we have to you know follow the guidelines yeah. with Alberta Health Services yeah. so at this point it is you know to wear mask all the time to wash your hands all the time, to keep the social distancing as much as you can, wherever you go. If you go to the grocery store, yeah. if you go to school, if you wherever you go, yeah. wherever you are in the community. And I think that also it is important just to keep, you know, doing the ripple effect of educate whoever is always next to you to remind that there are certain things when there's new restrictions, you need to make them aware of what is going on. Sometimes, again, for because of the language barrier, yeah. they might not know what they need to do. Yeah. And then we need to kind of ensure that they understand what the new restrictions are in place so they actually can work together. Yeah. Because as Dr. Hinch I say, we're in this together, yeah. right? Yeah. So we all have to work together. We all need, we all need to understand that as much as we work in our own personal, you know, um, you know, I, I would say um, time and, uh, and trying to lead others by example, that will help the community. So somebody says, you help yourself, you help your family, you help your friends, you help your community, right? So again, it's just um, working together how we're going to get over this pandemic. Collectively. Collectively, yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, as you have, uh, as we have a good news because of the vaccine will soon be available, and that's the uh, good news. But the uh, fact that there is a misinformation in social media, which might always lead confusion and lack of trust, uh, how best you think we can educate uh, the community in terms of the value and the safety of the vaccine? So again, we have to talk to the community and help them with the education components, right? 
we have to tell them you have to go to reliable sources. Yeah. Don't believe everything that is in social media. You might find a lot of things that might maybe provide a lot of misinformation. And I'm thinking that at this point, we just need to work together again and ensure with, you know, provision of information in different languages. So then everyone might have access to it. And if there is not, you know, like reach out in a way that everybody understand that if they want to clarify things, there will always be something available in their own languages. So they will be able to uh, make informed decisions. And in this case, you were asking about the vaccine. And I said that certainly, like if somebody come to me and say, hey, now we're in the next phase, so uh, you are ready for the vaccine? Certainly, I'm ready for the vaccine. Because again, we're leading by example and we're ensuring that our community will follow all of us who are doing our best to keep well-informed in our community and well-informed with all the information that is coming, again, from, from reliable sources. And Alberta Health Services is the one that we actually, is the go-to website yeah. in order to know exactly what we need to expect. So you can get all the uh, factual information. Exactly. Okay. and, and so as a manager of SPEC, if the vaccine is available, you will be taking with your family. For sure. For sure. I wouldn't even hesitate about it. Okay. Well, that's good news for the listeners, especially those from the newcomers population. But there is also a local people who have shown hesitant for their own misinformation from the social media. So uh, I think it's a very, um, uh, uh, it requ requires education, as you mentioned, and, and uh, collective uh, to be collective, to pull it off together, and then educate people for the value of the of the of the vaccine. Yeah, I think a um, I can conclude my comment by saying um, uh, you also volunteer with other organizations such as the um, the housing, the the uh, human humanity. Um, um, building the houses for the humanity, I believe. You are part of that. Yeah, I'm actually the chair for the Habitat for Humanity chapter. Mm -hmm. um, so um, those are one of the volunteer opportunities that I have here. Yeah. Um, I really love to volunteer in the community because I think it is a way to give back to the community. And also because I feel that uh, whatever you are, you always have the chance to work with other people that are in need of something. Like Habitat for Humanity, we're talking about affordable housing. Yeah. So I really, really like and love the, um, I'm very passionate about yeah. being there. Yeah. And uh, we will have some news later. Maybe we can come back as a Habitat for Humanity there representative and <laughs> um, bring more news to, to the community. No, fantastic. I think we love to have you and probably with your uh, different hat from Habitat for Humanity, I think definitely we will uh, like to invite you again for that opportunity so people will know more about Habitat for Humanity, which is a huge uh, organization that is very uh, respectful and doing a lot of good things. But uh, thank you very much for everything for uh, uh, doing for the community in, in terms of that positive contribution as a volunteer. And also uh, the... Uh, 
uh, your leadership in uh, SPEC links and hopefully you will continue for many years to come. And SPEC is one of the great uh, organizations since 1978. So we hope um, you will continue with your colleagues at SPEC uh, for many years to come. Yeah, thank you very much, Ahmed, for the opportunity. I'm very pleased to be here today. Thank you very much again. This is Ahmed Kasim. This is the end of our program today. Uh, this is Ahmed Kasim, your host of the program uh, Global Village Broadcast. Until then, God bless you and hope you will join us next time. Hello, I am Molly Douglas, Reeve of the County of Newell. We need your help. COVID-19 has hit us hard. We need to take a stand to fight this virus together to keep everyone safe. We ask that you take the advice of experts, wash your hands, keep your distance, wear a mask in public places, and follow all the rules. Stay home if you can. We all look forward to returning to some normalcy. Let's get through this together and do the right thing. Thank you. This has been the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kasim. For more information, go to globalvillagecenter.ca.